This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. Amen. Yeah, we thank God. Thank God for her and thank God for all of you. Listen, will you grab your Bibles real quick? Grab your Bibles or if you charged your Bible up last night, if you'll grab it. And will you swipe over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8? You swipe over there to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Y'all, this is a season of blessing. I want you to know that. I want you to hear that. This is a season of blessing, not just a season of breakthrough, but this is a season of blessing. This is a season where God is pouring out blessings, the likes of which we've never seen before. God is blessing our church in ways that we've never seen. Um, God is doing some supernatural things in our lives, and we're we're honored and thankful for that. It's good. It feels good to be blessed. Amen. It feels good to be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Listen, do me a favor. Before we get to this text, will you look at somebody that looks blessed and say, you just look like God has been blessing you. Just look at them. Now, now if they don't look blessed, you may have to tell them something else. But if, if they look blessed, just say, you look like God's been blessing you. Just, you look prosperous. Yeah, you look prosperous. Amen. Yeah, you too. You too. You look prosperous. You look prosperous. Maybe it's the Sunday best clothes. I don't know. But maybe you, you, look, you look prosperous. You look like things are well. Look like things are well with you. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I don't know who this is for, but look at somebody and tell them, you look a lot better this year than you did last year. Come on. Woo, that, ain't, that, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> ain't that the truth? Mike, you look better this year than you did last year, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. L- listen, listen, tell them, say, if you think this year is something, tell them, where do you see me next year? Come on, tell them. Where do you see me next year? Yeah, where do you see me? If you think I'm bad this year, you wait till you see me next year. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It feels good to be blessed. feels good to be blessed. I'm going to teach you a principle this morning that revolutionized my life. And I, it's changed the fabric of our church. It changed the way we think. It changed the way we see life, the way we see giving. That's the reason why we got this bullpen over here, and we're going to fill it up because we understand there's a principle I'm going to share with you today that's going to change your life. Amen? It's going to change your life. Do you, have you found 2 Corinthians chapter number 8? I'm only going to read one verse. Have you found it, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8? You got it? Look at verse number 7. That's the only verse I'm going to read tonight um, from this particular passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. It says, since you excel in so many ways... In faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us. Here's what Paul says to the church of Corinth. He says, I also want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. I also want you to excel in giving. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Now, God, we ask that you would send it with clarity, with power, with authority, with conviction. God, we pray, God, that you do with this word only what you can do. Prepare the heart of the hearer, 
Allow us to receive everything that you're about to say in this church. So, Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Before you take your seats, will you high-five three people and tell them we're going to give on a different level? Just touch them, just high-five and tell them we're going to give on a different level. 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 Hallelujah. Different level. Different level. Glory to God. Listen, I, I, I learned something. I, I've, I've, been, I've been doing some reading and some studying, and I learned something this week that actually, that actually changed my life. It changed my life. Uh, it changed the way I see God, and it changed the way uh, I see God's interaction with us and God's interaction with me. Let me ask you the question. I'm going to introduce this sermon by asking you a question. Here is my first question to you. My first question to you is, why did God create giving? Why did God invent giving? Why did he create giving? When I asked, when I was po- that question was posed to me, my answer to the Lord was, okay, God, you created giving so that you could finance your kingdom. And I've said that before, and I've been guilty of saying that, that God, you created giving to finance the kingdom. I've said that. I'm sure you've heard that. Maybe some of you said that same thing. He created giving to finance the kingdom. But, but watch this. Here is why that doesn't make sense. Here's why it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because the God who owns everything don't need our little money to finance his kingdom. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. So watch this. Because you do know that the the streets in heaven. I heard a story one time about this man was coming into heaven and he had a bag full of gold and he walked in and boy, he thought he was something. He had his bag full of gold and St. Peter asked him, said, said, well, wait, what's in your bag? And he said, he said, I've got, I've got a bag full of gold. He asked him, he says, man, why are you bringing asphalt to heaven? If the streets in heaven are paved with gold. Now listen, ask your neighbor, what are your streets paved with? What are your... Oh, okay, or right, don't answer it. Don't answer it. You might embarrass somebody. But, but so, so, so watch this. So, so, God, so in other words, God doesn't need our little money to finance what he's doing. So wait a minute. So then the question becomes, if God doesn't need our money to finance his kingdom, then why did God invent giving? God invented giving not for him, but he invented giving for us. Watch this. Here's what God said. God said, I instituted this principle so that I can get a blessing to you. Did you know, did you know that giving was designed to go against the spirit of pride and greed? Giving was designed to help us as human because because the reality is, is that we are naturally born selfish. We're born self. We are naturally born self. As a matter of fact, you children, those of you that have kids, you'll, you'll, say, you'll know that this is true. One of the first words that kids learn and articulate, really, I mean, they say it well, crystal clearly. One of the first words that kids say and they learn is the word mine. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. 
They say mine, 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 mine. And listen, they can say mine so much that it crawls up the back of your spine. Gets in the back of your head, and they're saying, mine, mine, mine. So, well, watch this. Those of you who are parents, you know what I'm talking about. You walk in the room, and typically when they are saying mine, what, they, what they're doing is they're talking to an other sibling, typically an older sibling, who's holding something that they want. So you walk in the room and say, give them that thing. Just give it to them. And the other sibling is saying, but mama, (laughs) this is not theirs. This is my, and you say, I don't care. They've got my stuff too. Just give it to them. Because we are naturally born selfish. Glory to God. But watch this. Check this out. Here's the cool part. Did you know that God is the only person in the universe that has a right to say mine? And there's one thing that God said. He said implicitly in his word. Here's what he said. He said that the tithe is mine. Woo! Oh, y'all shout when we're talking about the kids. He said the tithe is mine. That's what he said. He said, he said, the tithe is mine. So watch this, watch this. Here's the beautiful part. How do I know that God created giving to be a blessing to you and to me? How do I know that tithing was not about us financing his kingdom? It's about God financing the things that you and I desire to do. Listen to this. Here's what he said in Malachi chapter 3 verse 11. He said, I will rebuke the devourer, not for his sake, He said, I rebuke the devourer for your sake. In other words, when you give, you open up a door to be blessed. Did y'all know that? He said, when you give, what I'm going to do, I'm going to open up a door so that you can be blessed. And I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, we've got some good news. I'm, I'm going to share some good news. Here are some things that, that I used to think, and Satan tried to trick me and trap me because Satan wanted me to miss my blessing, just like Satan wants some of you to miss your blessing. Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, and he's talking to them about, he's talking about a church that, that did not have all of the, uh, all of the accoutrements of life, as it were. And so, number one, what Paul helps us to understand is you don't have to be rich to give. I used to think that you had to be rich to give. That's, that's what I thought for many years. I thought if only, in order to give, you had to be rich because poor people didn't give a whole lot or poor people didn't give. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. He says, they being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. And he's talking to them, and he's saying the church of Corinth was rich, but this other church was poor. He says, but, but they excel in this gracious gift. They've overflowed in rich generosity. Watch this. God is not looking at how much you give. God is looking at how much you have left over after you give. 
That's why the woman that gave the two pence or the widow's might, that's why the Bible says she had given, she'd given more than the rest of them because she didn't have a lot left over after she had given. Hallelujah. So you don't have to be rich to give. Maya Angelou said it like this. She said, I have found that amongst its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. Giving liberates the soul of the giver. I used to be stingy. And if I'm not careful, I still have some stingy tendencies. Look at your neighbor and say, you too. Come on, look at him. (laughs) I got to be honest. I wasn't born with much. So watch this. What was practiced in my house was, boy, you better keep as much as you can. They, they would buy us nine laters. And they would tell us, boy, eat some now. Save some. For like, we would have nine laters under our pillows. Nine laters in shoe boxes. But what, what we were being taught, we didn't know it. What we were being taught was a spirit of selfishness. I wasn't, they didn't say, you have some, and then give some to your brothers and sisters. That's not what we were taught. They were taught, well, you eat some now and save some for later. That's why we can eat up all the, all the cornbread. Because we had to eat some milk and bread now. I wish I had some country folk. We had to eat some milk and bread now. But we had to save some milk and bread. For like, anybody have milk and bread, milk and bread before? Raise your hand. About 13. Okay, I got Okay, y'all know y'all, y'all leave me. Y'all left, really left me hanging just then. You ever tried it? You ought to try it. Don't try it with Jiffy. I'm digressing a little bit. Don't try milk and bread with Jiffy. It, be ta- it, be, it tastes like milk and paste. You need some old-fashioned cornbread. Anyway, let me get off. Let me get back to my text. <laughs> let me get back to my text. Listen, listen, listen. So you don't have to be rich to give. I thought you had to be rich to give. I didn't understand that even with what I had, I could still be a generous giver even with the little that I had. I could still give generously. Number two, number two, we learn this in verse number three. He says, for I testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. Number two is not only, not only do you not have to be rich to give, but you can actually give more than you think. Somebody say amen to that. You, you can give more than you think. Do me a favor, wake your neighbor up and tell him you can give more than you think. Come on, you can give. Yeah, you can give more than you think. You, you can give more than you think. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because watch, let me tell you what I did one time. Let me tell you what I did. One time, I decided to track my spending for a whole month. I was going to track my spending, everything I spent. I, when, at the end of the month, I realized that I had spent over $467 eating out in one month just for me by myself. 
So, so many times you feel like, well, I don't, have, I don't have enough to give and I don't have anything to give. But the reality is if you look at what your money is going, you know, you can really see that you really have more money than you think you have. Glory to God. You have more money than you think. So, so listen, so not only do you have to be rich to give, but also you can give more than you think. Now, here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 5 says, And they did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give, to them, give themselves to the Lord and then to us, just as God wanted them to do. Number three is in order to be a giver, you must first learn how to give yourself. You must first learn how to give yourself because people who are great givers are people who learn how to give themselves. I give myself to the Lord. I remember, I remember a story I heard one time. Um, they were passing, passing around the collection plate, and this little girl um, had the collection plate. She set it on the floor, and she stood up on the inside of the collection plate. Her mama was distracted for a moment, but when she turned and looked at her, she said, what are you doing? Here's what this little girl said. This little girl said, she said, Mama, I learned in Sunday school that I'm supposed to give my body as an offering to the Lord. That little girl had something figured out. That little girl realized that in order for her to, 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 uh, to really fulfill the call that God had in her life, he had, she had to give herself fully to the Lord first. If you don't give yourself to the Lord, you're sure not going to give your money to him. Glory to God. Now, now check this out. Check this out. Check this out. I, I used to, and I got to be honest, I'm, I'm just a moment of transparency. I, I used to, my motivation, my motivation for, for encouraging people to give used to be so that the things in the church could be handled. That used to be my motivation. God convicted me. God said, what you're doing is you're trusting the people and you're not trusting me. You're trusting the people and not trusting. So watch this, watch this. So here's what God said. God said, don't let your motivation for encouraging people to give so that the church can be blessed, but you encourage people to give so that they can be blessed. Because if the people are blessed, the church is going to be okay. Church is going to be taken care of. So I'm teaching you some principles today so that you can be blessed. Glory to God. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but, but for, for many, many years, there was a curse on my finances. It, it, maybe, watch this. Some of you in this room, you're like that today. You look sharp. You look clean, but that suit really old. Not a bad thing. You look sharp, but there's a curse on your finances. It seems like it seems like the more money you make, the more money you have to spend. I'm helping somebody in here today. Glory to God. I got to, I got some good news. The curse breaker is in the house today. And his name is Jesus. There are some of you, you're trying to figure out why when I get paid, I still don't have any money. I get paid, and when I pay my bill, some people are afraid to pay their bills because they pay the bill. You may not be able to eat. Some of you in this room right now, you have to make a decision whether you're going to pay your bills or feed your kids. That's not the way God wants you to live. 
That's not the way God designed for us to operate. God said that we are his children. We're the sheep of his pastor. He's the God of more than enough. So God also wants you to have more than enough. Touch your neighbor and say, God wants you to have more than enough. Come on, touch him. More than enough. More than enough. But watch this. But you got to be willing to give yourself first. Look at me. Look at me. Purpose. Look at me. Purpose. There's a difference. There's a difference between a donation and an offering. There's a difference between a donation and an offering. Many people are coming to church giving God a donation, but you haven't given him an offering. Here is how you know the difference. We give donations based upon what we see in our wallet or in our purse. When somebody walks up to you and asks you for a donation, you really don't think about it. You look in your wallet, you look in your purse, you figure out what you want to give, and then you just hand them something with no thought. That's a donation. Many people come to church and we just, we just give God a donation. Now I said, I, I get it because, because you've never heard teaching like this. I understand. So thank God for this level of teaching. We give a donation. Watch this. Here's an offering. Offering is different. If somebody is selling a house and you say, I want to buy that house. And you go to the owner of the house and you said, Mr. Owner, Mrs. Owner, I've done some figuring on this home. Watch this. I realize that this house is worth X amount of dollars. Here is what I want to. I want to make you an offering. I want to offer this to you because I understand how much it's worth. When you understand how much God is really worth to you, you stop giving God donations. And you say, God, I've got, I'm going to offer this as a sacrifice to you. And you start offering, watch this, not so that God can furnish his kingdom, but so that God continue to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. Can I tell y'all, can I give y'all a personal testimony? Personal testimony, personal testimony. I, that, was a, that was this little boy, he was in science class. Little boy was in science class and they gave him a seed. And they gave him a seed, they gave him some potting soil, and they gave him a little, a, a little thing to put, the, to put the soil in. And so the boy got the seed, he put the potting soil in the little pot, he put the seed in the soil, he put it in the windowsill. Watch this. Stayed there all day long. The boy gets up next morning, goes to school. The potting of the pot was in the windowsill all day that day. He runs home, drops off his backpack, runs to the window ledge. He's excited. His face is lit up. He runs back there. He looks at the pot and he starts to frown. He looks at his mama. Mama said, what's wrong, baby? He says, mama, there's no plant. Coming out of the soil. The mama starts smiling at the son. She said, baby, I, I understand. I know how you feel. She said, watch this. She said, baby, just because you planted the seed yesterday. Don't mean 
It's going to grow up overnight. Here is what she said. This is the part that changed my life. She said, she said, baby, she said, the seed is going to sprout in due season. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need you to get the revelation. I need you to get the revelation. Watch this. For uh, over seven years, we've been out serving, giving to the community, giving back, spending our own money, buying people uh, roofs and ceiling and ceiling tile and buying the wood to pe- fix people. Out. We've been doing it and doing it, and it seemed like we weren't getting a return for the investment. Seven years go past. Things were going well, but nothing supernatural was happening. And so we're giving and giving, and it seemed like things were getting worse. seemed like it was getting more difficult to give and more difficult to do the work. But wait a minute. When we moved to Longview, and we needed some furniture. One family said, we're going to write a $16,000 check. And we're going to pay for the furniture that you need. Even for the, the Unite Conference, another family comes up and says, Pastor, we're going to make, we're going to make a $5,000 donation, $5, donation. We want to make sure that we're able to meet everything that we need to meet for the Unite Conference. And we don't want to be the church that's lacking. Here's what I, here's all, here's all I'm telling. All I'm telling you is, all I'm telling you is, our due season happened seven years later. That, that, that's all I'm telling. Uh, all I'm telling you is this. All I'm telling you is this. Watch this. Watch this. What God will do, God will hold your harvest. Because He knows. That if he gives it to you too soon, you will spend it on something you really don't need. So God holds the harvest until your due season has come. And when your due season manifests, that's when all the harvest of the seed that you've sown in your life start to manifest in your life all at one time. That's why people say they look around, they sow wonders. So you don't lose anything. If God hadn't given it to you yet, maybe because you don't need it right now. Because God will hold it until your due season come. But you must first give yourself first. Number four, you can excel in giving. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7 says, Since you excel in many, many things in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love for us, I want you to excel also in the generous act of giving. The generous act of giving. Look at the scripture. This one, I want you to just see. I want you to look at it. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't ever give in response to pressure. For God loves a personal gifts cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Watch this. Then you will always 
have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Second Corinthians verse number 9, chapter 9 verse number 11 says, Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Why do we give? So Not so people can thank us. We need people to thank God. We need people to thank God. I'm going to share something with you. Where's, yeah, go, go bring my, bring my, I want to share this with you because I want you to see this because there's five levels I want to, and I want to, I want you to look at yourself and I want you to see all five levels of giving. And what we're going to do is I need, I need you to see where you are. When I changed my level of giving, my life started to change. The way I started to see ministry change, the way I started to see God operate in my life change. We, Trina and I, we have more now than we've ever had in our whole entire life and we're still operating off a single income, it's because I've learned the principle of giving, the principle of tithing. I'll never forget when I was challenged, the first time I was challenged to sow a $1,000 seed. I was at, I was at uh, one of T.D. Jake's conferences. I was there, and he made this plea, this appeal. I'd never given a $1,000 seed before in my life. And i got to be honest with you, I'm not, up, I'm not up here asking for your money. I'm, I'm up here asking you to be a blessing to yourself. I sold a $1,000 seed. Bring it over here. I sold a $1,000 seed, and it changed my life. I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning how the financial curse was broken off of me and off my family. I'm going to tell you how the financial curse was broken. Listen, there, there, there are five groups of you in this room, five groups of you in this room. Here's the first group. The first group of you in this room, you are what we call a potential giver. Stay right there. You are a potential giver. Your potential giver. You are the ones in here you've never given before. Maybe, maybe you're a new Christian and you don't understand how this whole giving thing works. You're a potential Christian. You have not given a dime. You, you don't fully understand. Put that on the bottom. You don't fully understand what it means to give to a church or what it means to give to God. You don't understand. You're in this room and you're a potential giver. Guess what? We thank God for you being here. And we honor the Lord that you, even, that you even chose to come to church this morning. I thank God that you're here this morning. You're a potential giver. You've never given before, but you're, but you're here. And we thank God for your being here. That's the, that's the first tier. You're the, you're the potential giver. The second giver, the second giver is you are an emerging giver. Emerging. You've given before. You just haven't given much. You, 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 you maybe, maybe when the offering basket comes around, you put something in the offering basket, but you really don't think about it. You, you're still kind of giving donations. You, you're still just kind of looking in your wallet, pulling, taking a couple of dollars out, and, and you're, you're still just kind of giving God the, 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 the least that you can. But you're an emerging giver, and we thank God for you. You're here, and we thank God for you being an emerging giver. You're on the, you're, you're, you're on the come up, and we thank God for you being here. You give little. There's, and the third tier of you, you're a consistent giver. You, it's not a tithe. You don't give a tithe, but you do give consistently. You give something consistently. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, you do give something consistently. Not a tithe, but you do give consistently. And we thank God for those of you who are just consistent. You give a certain amount, 
And that's just what you give. You just give something and you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't give a tithe, but I give $100 a week and I just give that consistently. It's not a tithe, but you do give consistently. We thank God for those of you who give consistently. You are the consistent giver. We thank God for you. Then here is where giving becomes supernatural. You are the tithe giver. This is where it gets fun. This is where things change. This is where doors start to open. This is where windows of heaven start to be opened and blessings start to be poured out when you become a tithe giver. When you understand the principle of tithing because the tithe belongs to God anyway. When you, let me ask you this, watch this, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you, if I were to ask you when the offering basket comes around, Would you stick your hand in the offering basket and take money out of it and put it in your pocket? Most of us, if not all of us, would say, Pastor Love, I'll never do that. No, no, I wouldn't do that. No, oh, man. Man, God will strike me down if I tried that. I I would would never do I would never take away from God like that. But watch this. You wouldn't stick your hand in the basket to take money out. But how many of you have money still left in your account that still belongs to God? Isn't that the same thing? You didn't take his money out. You just didn't put his money in. This is where things, this is where things become supernatural. Where where supernatural things start to happen. Where, Where supernatural jobs start to open up. Where your business starts to flourish. And people are wondering why your business is doing so well. They're wondering why your kid's doing so well and why is your marriage so healthy? Because God said, when you're tired, you're in a covenant relationship with me. That's when things now are supernatural. It gets fun when you're tired. There are people in here, uh, you, you've, matter of fact, there's some people who've kind of set their tithe on automatic draft and they, and they tithe regularly. And those people always come back and say, Pastor Love, man, God did this for me. Man, God opened this, open up this door for me. You know why? Because this is when the spell starts to break. That's when the curse starts to break. The curse broke off my family when I finally learned how to tithe. I finally learned how to give, tithe to the Lord. Give back to him what belonged to him in a way. But there's one other level. There's one other level. The extravagant giver. The extravagant gifts. This is the person that not only tithe, but they give above and beyond their tithe. Thank you. I got a few people in here. The extravagant giver. You give above and beyond the tithe. You say, you know what? Here's my tithe. Here's my offering. But I'm going to do something else. Those are those ones that came in and said, Pastor Love, we're going to do something supernatural. We want to be a supernatural blessing to this ministry. We're going to do it. And they sow and they give. And I thank God for those that give and they they give extravagantly. Watch this. Watch this. You do know that God gave an extravagant gift. He gave an extravagant gift. I don't know about you. I want to be an extravagant giver. Not, Not to be seen by folk. I just want to be able to be a better blessing. My wife and I, we bless people all the time. 
And we're always doing things for people, things that you guys will never, you'll never hear about, you'll never know. Uh, but we, we, I, I want to be able to be a blessing. I want to I wanna be able to have some left over so that we can find people to bless. Why? Not so people can thank us. So that people can thank God. So that people can thank God. Here's the reality. Thank you, Jerome. Here's the reality. The reality is this. On, in the average church, only about 6 or 7% of the people in the average church tithe faithfully. That's why our church is in a lot of bondage. You find a church that's thriving, find a church that's flourishing, you find a church filled with tithers. Because if the people are blessed, then the church is going to be blessed. But we got to break the curse. We have to break the curse of poverty. I need my ushers to get ready. You got to break the curse of poverty, and we're going to break the curse of poverty off your life. Thank God that we've been able to do the things that we've been able to do without having to go to a bank. We haven't had to go to a bank. Glory to God. I, I, don't, I don't say this, I don't say this braggadocious, I don't say this braggadociously at all, but my wife and I, we're, we're having some, some remodeling done to our house. Uh, we, have, we have an older house, and we've lived in it a long time, and we're having some remodeling being done in our house, and we've been, we're able, we're, we've been able to do it all out of our checking account. We've been able just to pay for it all cash. I don't say that to brag. I'm just telling you how good God is. That's all I'm telling you. I'm telling you how good God is. And God is blessing us, and I want you blessed. Your pastor is free, and I want you guys to be free. I, I, I used to cringe at writing a $1,000 check. $1,000 check don't really bother me anymore. It doesn't really bother me. I don't, again, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling about how good God is. There was a time in my life I couldn't write a $5 check. Y'all are looking at me funny. I'm telling you. But it's because, it's because, watch this. Look, y'all look at me. Last point, last point, last point, last point. Malachi uh, chapter 3, listen, listen, I think we've read that wrong. I think we've read it wrong. Because, because Malachi asked the question, says, will a man rob God? Now watch this, watch this. If God owns everything, then, then, then how, can we, how can we rob him if he, owns, if he owns everything? Watch this, listen to me. Do, 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 do you know what I think Malachi is really trying to express to us? Okay, can I tell you, it's not about us keeping money from God. I, I don't think that's the robbing. I, I don't think that's it. I, at least I, I don't think that's the only thing he's saying. Here's what I think Malachi is saying. Y'all, y'all hear me real clearly. I think Malachi is expressing to us that we are robbing God of the opportunity to bless you. Because God's not tripping about money. He owns a cattle of a thousand here. I mean, God's streaks are paved with gold. God, listen, you, you got to understand that the walls of, 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 of the city are made in jasper. You, you've got to know that God, 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 listen, God has enough, enough uh, uh, fine, uh, precious stones that, that he's able to, to press them inside of angels. God's not tripping about money. He's not tripping about money. But I believe God trips when it comes to blessing his people. I believe you're robbing God of an opportunity to bless you. Trey and I, we tried it. So, babe, we're going to tithe at everything we get. If we get birthday money, we're going to tithe our first.